0: Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes, and I'm Mark
1: Langley. The horse should be at a stage that it's kind of carrying that movement for itself, and then you do steering. If you're carrying the movement with energy and some sort of drive or whatever you're doing to maintain that flow, and then you've got to, you know, start to steer the horse at the same time, and and, and, and uh, you may find that you're actually starting to hold the horse up with the energy.
0: That was Mark talking about how changing one small thing that we do can alter how a horse moves. More on that later. First, following a thought, here's Mark's take on the difference between it and say, simply looking at something ahead.
1: When we're sort of, you know, working our horses, where we're working them sort of on a long line, uh, even at liberty, or when we're riding them, uh, we really sort of, you know, we're trying to encourage a horse to go towards his thoughts. But um, what usually happens is a horse uh, starts to sort of focus further ahead, and then that—that uh, that, I guess the magnetism of what it's looking at starts to pull it forward, and then you start to feel a disconnection between you and the horse. So what's in, what ends up, you know, happening is we we get a horse to think away and travel, and then all of a sudden. Um, If we make any changes behind it or anything like that, take a rein. Or if we're on the ground, we sort of step back or step to the side or step to the side and take the rope. The horse just kind of blocks it out and is quite heavy on the end of the rope or the rein. So what we're ultimately aiming for is a horse that is very good at, say, going towards its thoughts, taking on what's ahead of it, but also has a very good secondary focus. And sometimes they bounce between their primary and secondary focus when they're they're going along. But we don't want them so focused on us that we're pushing them along like a wheelbarrow and we don't want them so focused forward that they're forgetting about us behind but but you know us behind them so when we're working with them we're, we're kind of look at the ears flicking so you generally tend to see the ears moving a lot more so if we were to move would you pick up a rein or we'd do something no matter whether it's groundwork or not you'll see an ear flick and you'll generally feel more of a softness and an awareness in the horse so an example would be if I've just sent my horse out on a straight line, like if, I, if I'm if i standing on the ground, I send it past me and I, and I just want it to go ahead. Uh, if the horse puts his two ears forward and just starts to march along, generally when I pick up the rope, you'll feel a, a, like a, a brace in the rope and the horse will lean because it was almost like you interrupted the horse but it wasn't ready for that interruption because it wasn't paying attention uh, to all the little pre – like like. Um, I say call it for now pre-queues, but the pre cue might have been that the weight of the rope was picking up, and the horse didn't acknowledge that, or or you might just sort of slow your feet down, and the horse should know that you're slowing down and creating a distance, but you know you know backing away a bit. So if the horse was had a good secondary focus, generally when you do something, the 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 slightest change of you doing something that seems a little bit important, the horse will flick an ear back and then if it flicks the ear it's got the awareness there and then the next thing is when 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 uh the obviously the rope picks up if it's got a good awareness it's probably going to let go of that forward thought and come back or it's going to be preparing to sort of slow down and come back already depending on what you're asking so you can always feel it when the horse has got a good secondary focus or is aware of you because they can think about what's ahead of them but then they pick up almost exactly on what you're doing it as you're doing it um, and and you just notice it as I say the ears are usually always moving. You'll see sometimes an eye roll back or whatever, but the ears are always moving. Usually when they start to sort of get a strong forward thought, those ears will push forward, and they'll get a lot stiller, and they'll just sort of you know start to you know feel like they're speeding up as well. In most cases, they'll they'll start to speed up, um, not not to a canter you know, but they'll get to a sort of more of their sort of marching walk. Some horses have different marching walks, but they'll, they'll walk a bit faster and um, and they won't sort of have that bit of caution as you make a change.
0: Okay, and sometimes you use the word slip away. Uh, can you just clarify too if that is the same as?
1: Yeah, slipping away. So I might say that horse is slipping away. So I, I'm seeing its emotions start to slip away um, and, and, you know, so start to hook onto a destination and you can see the eyes change. So, you know, they get that more of a, I guess, I I call it the binocular. They put the binoculars on and they slip away and they look off into the distance and they they, they might walk off into the distance or the eye rolls away from us and then they start to, you know, they start to, yeah, look off. And um, so, you know, I I sort of, you know, talk about that as they're slipping away. Um, And then as you see them slipping away, you, you might sort of, you know, interrupt them before they get too far away and sort of make a suggestion to get them to sort of come back um with their awareness
0: okay and when they um so slipping away is obviously in their mind um you, you know they might sort of be in the habit of of going off into destinate um and there's other habits that horses can frequently do how do we tell the difference between i'll give you a specific example a habit of lunging and maintaining energy
1: okay so when a horse maintains energy so lunging uh, so, um, and I think what I'll use, cause I, um, I, I, think, you know, some people think I don't like lunging and it's not the case. I don't, um, it's just that everything in order, uh, that's what I'm trying to sort of get people to understand. And I don't like lunging an uneducated horse and people think you got to lunge them to educate them, but, um, it takes a fair few steps to get a horse to lunge and, and, um, and generally, one of those steps is getting a horse to lead well or follow a feel well. Not to, and and if we don't teach them those steps, we end up, you know, just using driving pressure because you know uh, we just don't have the time to educate them. I suppose, but we got the time to send them in a circle for twenty minutes. So that's that's why I'm sort of really I really get a bit stumped on the whole whole idea because I'd rather spend twenty minutes creating a soft horse and then ask it to go out on a circle or a straight line and you know bring up the energy as the horse understands more things, but. I think in the context of that question, I think um, lunging being the negative lunging that I talk about, where the horse is just kind of running away from the pressure. So you can see it because the horse has that definite stiff movement. It's kind of looking a little anxious in expression, and it's kind of like escaping a bit. It's kind of like feeling like it's escaping from the energy. And if if you kind of let it off, it'll kind of bow away and it'll 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 be worried. Some of them will just be looking outside, uh, uh, outside the like looking more through uh, to the outside, really pushing out that outside eye, looking out, um, you know, because they're destinating as they're going around because the, the idea of being moved away from danger on the inside is making them feel worried. So, you know, a horse is kind of pulling away uh, or either or either hope are focused on where the pressure is, they're the other opposite. So some horses are, are looking to the outside, but then some are so trained to look to the inside, but they're actually looking for where the stick is and trying to maintain an exact distance from that stick, but they're not doing it in a soft way. They're doing it in a, oh, I'm worried, I'm, I'm worried way. And it looks like they're a bit anxious about it. And, um, but, a, but a horse is just, you know, nicely going towards its thoughts and following the feel on out on that circle. They're going to be just traveling along. They're going to hook an ear in. They're going to sort of flick that ear to, you know, to the things that are happening on the inside, the outside ear will be just kind of, uh, you know, hooking on and they'll be looking into, not hooking on to us, but hooking on to the idea of the circle or the, you know, the angle of the circle or the turn that you're putting them on. And they'll be carrying that movement. So some horses, if you stop, they just fall down, fall apart. Some are kind of uh, getting away a little bit, speeding up, but but a nice balanced horse will be just uh, going at the sort of speed that you've sort of allocated through either, you know, where your shoulder's positioned, how you're moving your feet, depending on how you choose to do it. But, um but they'll generally look soft because they, they've got a, a a happier expression in the sense that they're, they're not troubled um, about what's happening.
0: Okay, you mentioned lunging there. I'm going to bring up a question on lunging from Olivia to see if you can help her, please. She says, I've got a three-year-old filly. I'm starting under saddle. She took a little while to get the hang of lunging at first. There was a lot of rearing and taking off. Now she's quite confident in it. The only thing is she can get quite stuck on the right side and always wants to run out on the left shoulder. If I try and correct her by bumping the halter to ask for an inside flexion while using my body or voice to keep her moving forward, she tends to stop and plant her feet or get worried and run out the shoulder. Could it be a time strength thing? And have you got any exercises that you would recommend?
1: Okay. um, Just Jenny, just for everyone uh there's there's something I'll get you at the end of the repeating that question um a sure. little bit there when she said uh now it's 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 for everyone uh, to listen to it because um I want to really focus on that end part of of the uh of the question to to really think about that so the the the, the end part of is it uh she to, to she was talking about getting a bump to get an inside bend while maintaining what was it uh a yeah, flow she and says movement.
0: So if she tries to correct her by bumping the halter to ask for an inside flexion while using her body or voice to keep her moving forward.
1: Okay, there it is right there. Okay, so that that is an indicator if you're feeling you're needing to keep an energy up into that horse and the horse is looking away, then you've got to bump for inside flexion. That is the indicator that the horse is kind of running away from the energy and then you've got to turn it in. Uh, and this goes back to an old sort of, you know, not an old thing, but the thing I talk about, reins without legs, legs without reins all the time, and this is much the same in lunging is uh, the horse should be at a stage that it's kind of carrying that movement for itself, and then you do steering. If you're carrying the movement with energy and some sort of drive or whatever you're doing to maintain that flow, and then you've got to, you know, start to steer the horse at the same time, and and, and, and uh, you may find that you're actually starting to hold the horse up with the energy, Um so that's something to really think about if you need if you know i wanted everyone to think about that because it's very common we can sort of have a nice steady but calm driving pressure in the loin area or something like that and maintain that and then steer at the same time but we have to be so careful that if it's a nervous horse and this is what i'm starting to think about with this particular horse because it runs through uh its left shoulder i think it was um so it's frightened on one side. So, so the idea of you know, I, th- I think it's still thinking it's running away in its mind. So it's escaping through its outside eye, which means it's escaping through that uh, left shoulder. Um, so you, you don't really want to ask for an inside bend and keep a little bit of energy in that horse to keep it going around, because you'll encourage the horse to have you know push out the outside shoulder more because you're kind of cr- trying to create a bend in your horse. And getting it to look in but then you're also having a driving pressure in there at the same time so uh, and that's what i was going to go back i just wanted to sort of you know uh voice that because a lot of times sometimes uh it's a it's very common we ride with legs and reins at the same time because the horse is wanting to fall apart in the rain but then we feel it slow down so we put legs on instead of doing one thing at a time and that's what i'm going to sort of talk about in the lunging especially with your horse to give it more confidence um i asked so what I ask a horse when I'm teaching them to first learn how to circle up on a lunge is I don't send them out and want to circle. So that's the first thing I want everybody to get out of their mind. Everybody's kind of, you know, gets in a habit of, oh, we, we, we get a horse out on a circle and we make this round thing. And so the idea is we get the horse to look in because that's the right thing to do and we don't want the horse leaking out and we make him do a circle. Now, for a horse to do a circle, the first thing it needs to learn to do is steer. And the best thing you can do... To teach a horse to steer is not do a circle. So or sorry, so what so what I mean is a horse learns better to steer off a straight line. So so by the sounds of it, your horse gets nervous as it goes by, wants to run off a little bit. So there's a point, I think, especially on the, the side that your horse is nervous, that you want to get your horse to walk by soft until it can walk a straight line past you without feeling troubled. Before you think about sending it anywhere, you just get it to walk by so it's, I can pass your body all the way up to its tail and there's no trouble, no facing up, no bother. And then all you do is you let the horse walk out on an adventure in a straight line. And when it gets to the end of the rope, you can choose the length. Could be three metres, could be two metres, could be five metres. Then you say, now turn around, come back. And the horse comes back to you and then you say, now just walk past me again. So she just just does a straight line past you again. And you send it out to the end of the desired length and say, and then the rope picks up and the horse should feel the rope pick up and then you turn it back until the horse knows how to go out. And the rain, the rain response is, I am turning around to go in a new direction. So the horse starts to pick up and look back into the turn because for a horse, there's no value. There's, there's got to be. There's got. The, 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 there's got to be some sort of value in what it's doing, and um, and and to inspire it to change its thought. And going around has no value, but going in a new direction has a sense of value to it because there's a certain change that's very defined. So if you just went around, 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 it's like an endless straight line, and that's why the horses end up thinking I'm going around to the right, but I'm just thinking out to the left. Um, So by going out on the straight line, turning back, you're teaching the horse to follow the rein and have a stronger thought into that rein. And once the horse can go out, turn back soft, go out, turn back soft, then you'll add the rein in a way that says maybe do a little arc and then come back in a straight line. So you can imagine the horse going out in a real tight, sort of almost like one of those tight, is it a daisy, the tight leaf flowers? The tight, no, sorry, leaf flowers don't have leaves. Uh, the tight peddled flowers, and then you, it might look like that and the horse comes through, goes out, does another tight pedal, comes back, and then you might send it out and do more of a rounded pedal and the horse comes back through. And you can see where I'm going with this. The pedal turns into, eventually that horse does a circle all the way around you. Um, and then you have a horse that knows how to go forward itself, so you're not carrying the forward. It's only to walk to start with. The horse puts value in the rein and it's not being told to look in look in all the time so you're not wasting that rain all the time um because you know the best way to teach a horse a rain is the, is the horse does a turn and then obviously there's a reward because there's a straight line behind that turn so and eventually you create a circle um and if the horse can maintain a walk and it can turn well that's the first stage and then you can start to sort of you know teach them to step up and trot, and maybe by that time they're turning well enough that you don't do the tight turns at the trot. You might send them out do an arc, and then you might walk off in a new direction and ask them to trot back past you and go around. And you watch them. They'll start to get to a stage that they can go around you, and you pick up that rope and that knot, and they'll go forward around you. And then they'll st- and and you do it in a way that the horse's eye stays in front of your shoulder a little bit. So no matter how far they are out, you turn your shoulder in a certain way, and they're trying to stay in front of that. And um. And that's when they start to sort of, you know, hook on nice to the circle. But if you've got a fairly uneducated horse, that's still worried, all those things, and you try and make them circle, what ends up happening is you start bumping and trying to pull them in, and then you have got to keep them going, and you got to pull them in, and then, then really, it, you know, you know, and that's why people do a lot of focus work with their horses. But I'm trying to say, well, if you've got to do a lot of focus work to get your horse to hook onto you in the middle, well, it's not really following the inside rein very well, is it? Um, because we've got to sort of interrupt it all the time by jumping up and down or waving a flag or something like that so maybe we just do more leading lessons like I explained that you know the horse has got a more of a more of a pathway and a purpose in the rain, and then it turns into a circle
0: Leading. You just mentioned leading. Well, I've got the next question for you, which is on that subject. It's from <laughs> I think my Juan- whole
1: horsemanship is leading. I, <laughs> I, I teach another couple of things other than leading, you know, but most <laughs> it is leading.
0: Just a few. Um, so this question is from Juanita. She came to your clinic in Melanda, and she brought her mare, who has since regressed because she had to be sedated for an eye procedure and she's struggling with not wanting to be led forward. She will go backwards. A lot easier. She doesn't like being led on a short lead, only a long lead. She does tend to get a bit nippy on the short lead. She took her for a walk leading, not riding. She was very nervous. Then she relaxed, but then she started to get nippy and at one point tried to kick her she then practiced halting and going backwards which after a few times and she let go of her embrace. brace but she's wondering does she need to do more of this she's a little bit confused as to what the next step might be and any sort of trying to lead her back to the mounting block is um, showing a lot of resistance and she's struggling to get her on the float unless there's food feed there she's very motivated by food
1: okay if she's very motivated by food, then obviously I would take food out of the equation because um, uh, food causes quite a lot of stress in in horses, especially if they don't get it or they don't get the quality of food that they desire. So they kind of go, Oh gee, that wasn't, you know, they expected more than that. So, and it puts them in the future. So, you know, you could sort of, someone might say, well, if you offer her food, she's going to come forward off the lead, but then she'll get so much in the future that she'll be forgetting about the lead and just thinking about the food and, and then, uh, and then you've got all these other complications there as well. So um, a couple of things I'm going to get you to sort of think about in the leading is a horse that's getting a little bit dull and doesn't come forward to the lead, instead of kind of pulling on its head and getting this kind of like brace all the time, I would sort of sometimes create a little bit more um, awareness in the horse. Now, awareness will create a bit more anxiety because we're going to get the horse to search a little bit uh, and instead of the lead going, oh, I'm going to pull on you, and the horse goes, oh, I don't like the lead, oh, I don't like the lead, um, you would add another stimulant that the horse gets a little concerned about. So, so oftentimes I'll, I'll bring up the horse's caution with the flag, and I'll just put it in front, up in the air a little bit, and the horse will go, oh, what's that? And as it opens its eyes and goes, what's that? You have the rope set at a length that as it pushes back it feels pressure, and it'll feel that pressure, and then you set on that pressure, and you just keep that stimulant. At, you, know, you might have to stand a bit of a way, so you're not you're not pushing right at it, so it doesn't, it's it's not too conflicting for the horse, but it's conflicting enough for that horse to go, oh, and feel that pressure. And it might make them walk backwards, but they found the boundary, they found the pressure, instead of them just standing still kind of bar humbug, and then the pressure pulls them, and they go, oh, here comes the pressure again. So it makes them feel like they've pushed against something behind them and, and because of the, the the bit of a the the concern about that that neutral anxiety, the flag, gets them searching so they go, I need to do something. And it and it puts them in the I need to do something frame of mind instead of will you ask me frame of mind. Um, and then all of a sudden they'll kind of release off the pole and maybe step forward a bit. You hope that the feet step forward as the horse thinks forward, not just lean forward with all the feet stuck. So I'd probably want to keep doing it till the horse steps forward. And and I would just keep up set up little scenarios where you go, hey, push back in that pressure. And the horse goes, oh, pressure, no, forward, until you pick up the feel of the knot. So what you start to do is you pick up the feel, and the knot just starts to pick up on the halter, like in a forward direction. As it starts to pick up, you say flag, and the horse goes push, and then steps back. And what will start to happen as you pick up that knot, the horse will go, oh, something I might just, and then you take a bit more feel, the horse will step forward nice and loose and light. And you just keep doing that until the horse kind of just comes forward, uh, Pick up, picks up awareness when you pick up the rope and then starts to step forward through the feel when you ask it through the feel. And uh, I like doing that with the foals as well. You know, instead of getting the foals so hooked on to coming to me, I actually like them at a stage that you can create, uh, they, they, they're interested in you, but they're not so hooked on to you that as soon as they're under pressure, they walk up to you. Because it doesn't give me that chance to create a little pushback when they're learning uh, and when they're babies. And, and you'd be surprised that pushback and how important it is in their development of handling their own pullbacks themselves later on. Because the horses that never experienced that, oh, pushback, I found a boundary and came forward and I was okay. If they've never experienced that, one day they'll get a spook coming out of float uh, or they're tied up and they'll hit that pressure and they'll just panic because they've just never been exposed to that pushback. So so I think it's really important to do that and it gets a horses to trust the rope because what happens when they step forward, you might take the flag away and then they go, oh, that pathway through that rope helped me feel a little bit better, the flag went away for a bit. Um, and eventually they get so soft that you can keep the flag there or the worry and it doesn't really matter to them because they trust that rope. So that's one way of getting the search. And then the other thing, um, you know, you could bang your leg or pop the flag on your leg is when you go – when, when, when you're going up up to grab underneath the knot, sometimes because uh, the, the horse is starting to nip as you grab the knot in, the, in that question, you, you were mentioning that. Um, so what, what I would do is, you know, maybe have that horse in that little sort of more state of awareness after those little pushback lessons. And then I just pick up, like lead the horse as the horse is coming forward instead of you reaching out while a horse is standing still and going right underneath its chin and interfering with it, you just slowly pull that rope through your hand and get the horse to lead up. So as it's getting better at leading up at the distance, you just bring it closer and closer and closer until you can lead the horse up into your hand. So the horse has actually come up to the to your hand, not you've just reached underneath it. And, and you know, it's the same, a bit the same with people, is if I just walked up and put, you know, said, "Hey, I'm in your space," you know, someone would go, "Oh, gee, someone's in my space." But it's, it's, it's sometimes easier for someone to walk into someone's space than have their space invaded. So you're trying to get the horse to come up to you at that leading hand, and then um, you still might have the flag in your hand, and you might pop the flag so the horse goes more cautious about the flag for a second, and then while you got your hand close, do that leading same thing again, uh, and then take your hand away instead of the horse being in one of those bar-humbug bar calm moods and then you're coming in to fiddle with it and it gets all angry, uh, you've got a bit more, um, uh, what did I say before, caution. You, the horse becomes a little more cautious when you teach it. And, um, you know, I talk about that a lot more in my explanations of the balance of caution and curiosity. And, and without caution, sometimes the horses don't remember things. Sometimes they, uh, they get themselves in a pickle because they, haven't, well, they weren't cautious enough You know, like, oh, I just went into this horse float to have a look, and then there was hay at the end, and I started eating it. But then, as I drummed the floor with my feet, uh, when it's because sometimes I bang the floor when I eat, I scared myself and ran out, and I never want to go in a float again. Uh, That's like too much curiosity, not enough caution.
0: Next question is from Sharon, and I think you might uh, pull a few things out of this as well. She's been looking into the members' videos for information on saddling, girthing, and even rugging. Her mare is over-the-top sensitive with these. She's tried a long list of strategies from numerous clinicians and riding instructors over 11 years. and She's fenced in with you coming up very shortly and hoping for some help on this ongoing issue. But have you got any advice for her at the moment?
1: Yeah, well... Um- she'll gain a lot out of the clinic because one of the big lessons I do for, for a lot of problems is, in, uh, as what am I going to say? Leading <laughs> <laughs> is leading. Um, so there's a lesson for everything, right? There's a, there, if, 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 okay, if you don't educate a horse in some certain basics, then there's always a lesson for everything. You could learn every lesson under the sun, how to get a horse to a mounting block, how to put a saddle blanket on it, all this sort of stuff. Um, the better quality, the control and the leading you have and the trust it has in leading, the better you can uh, show a horse scary things. Um, So say, for instance, if you were sort of experimenting and you sort of decided, well, I'm going to try chasing my horse out on a circle with a flag because I watched a video and someone did that and that seemed to work, so I'm going to do that. And then the the horse goes, oh, gee, I move away from scary things. Then you say, now I'm going to have to flood you with a scary thing because I need to desensitize you so you can get used to scary things like saddle blankets and rugs. Well, it'd be kind of like double dutch to the horse. It'd be like, well, I'm just going to have to stand still when you act like that, and I'm going to have to run away when you act like that. So if you've got a good leading foundation, you've got a way of directing your horse without needing to do basic things like chase it with kind of driving pressure all the time because you've taught it how to follow feel better and trust feel. So that with that in place, a horse has some form of being directed by you that it trusts and you can help it. If you don't have that in place, you will be trapping the horse with pressure as it's frightened of other scary things that you're trying to show it. And then you've got to pretty well just use, you know, all these other tricks in the book. So get check your leading out, check how soft your horse is, make sure that's right. If there's brace, if there's anxiety in the holder, all that sort of stuff, you're going to, and especially, you know, there's one. if you're training horses all the time, you can get away sometimes with, you know, having three horses in your hand, handling three at the same time. But when you're learning all this stuff yourself with your horse and it's new techniques, sometimes getting one thing right for for not just you but uh, for not just the horse it's for you as well so get that leading really good that the horse can move around you softly and once you've got that established um you can help the horse come towards things that it's scared about so you can lead and and draw that horse to follow a saddle blanket you know so I might at a distance might be three meters away I'll make the saddle blanket look big and the horse will go wow that looks really big and you go but don't worry step forward And then you might just take it away a little bit and the horse goes oh Well, I've just seen that saddle blanket wave in the air and I've followed it for a while. And you might get them to follow that for a while while you're walking backwards, banging the saddle blanket on your leg, but you're at a safe enough distance that the horse can sort of get a little scared, but then it can go, well, it's not really coming towards me. Now I'm getting a bit curious. Now I'm following it. And then you'll get a stage that you can bang the saddle blanket and slowly, because you've worked on your leading, you've actually got the horse a foot away from you while you're banging your leg and it's still walking forward softly. You might've started a few metres away but you've whittled that horse down to following a feel while you're banging the saddle blanket and every time you see that horse soften and think forward then you'll kind of relax the saddle blanket because you're replacing that sort of nervousness in the horse by following a feel into sort of some sort of comfortable softness so you see the horse soften and because you've already taught the horse to soften in feel it's going to be there available for the horse and the horse will follow that feel. And then because they're following the scary thing, so there's things that you want to expose on the horse, like touch them with saddles, saddle blankets, you can get the horse to sniff those those things. But don't let your horse sniff the saddle blanket until you can get it out of a little bit of kind of worry while you're worrying it and get it to soften and follow the feel while it's a little worried because we're trying to get the horse to know that it doesn't matter that it didn't sniff it, that saddle blanket's not going to kill it, and then, one, and, then it, and then it can trust that feel. And then once you can get the horse up to sniff it, follow it, and you can touch him with it, and I just stand still then, and I just actually get the horse to come into all the scary things on both sides. The horse should already be able to lead, so which means it should be able to lead past you all the way to the hip, no problems at all, both sides. If you haven't got that established, then it can't walk past a human, then it's got to walk past a human and a saddle blanket, then a human and a saddle and a saddle blanket, and so on. So so you have to have that leading by working really nice and then you just get them to lead by and start to approach the saddle blanket. You know, they might sniff it, then they might touch it on the neck. So they've led up and you've made them feel like they've come up to it and then you can back them out. So you can do approach and retreat, but instead of you going approach and retreat with your feet, the horse is doing it. It's coming through because it's got good leading established. You lead it in and then you lead it out and then you lead it in until you can lead it, the shoulder to it, the back, the hip, all that sort of stuff. The horse has already seen the saddle blanket go a little bit ballistic and it's followed the feel. And because it saw that saddle blanket go a bit crazy at a distance and then walked up, it obviously starts to go, oh, well, the saddle blanket's not going to chase me or hurt me. And then when the saddle blanket's a bit quieter and you're rubbing it, it's going, oh, well, that's easy. I've seen it. I've seen it when it was jumping around and that. And I got used to that not bothering me. So, and then, yeah, you just keep working on that until you can actually get big with the saddle blanket around it or whatever tool you're using. Um, And then with the girthing, you know, it's the same sort of thing. You get the horse to come up to ropes, get it to handle ropes all over it, and then I put a belly rope on them and teach them to lead to a belly rope. So I might put a little feel on the belly rope. They'll tighten. Uh, Maybe on the really, really sensitive horses, I'll just put a little feel and add a little feel on the halter knot to get them to take a little forward thought step, and then they can sort of release that pressure so they start to control that pressure around their ribs. And instead of kind of just tightening up and just going, I'm just going to stand still or I'm going to buck." You just go. I just want you to soften and step and follow a feel for a little while, and slowly they'll follow the feel of that girth around and get used to, um, and then eventually you show them the different angles of that rope mean stand still or come forward depending on what you're asking, and then and then they get comfortable with that. So, but as I say, you know, and I say this to everybody out there, everyone that's listening to this is, don't spend all your life handling your young horses. Educate them. Um, I, or, or I get a lot of horses that come to clinics and the ones that need the sometimes the most help or the ones that struggle with education, the most are the ones that have been overhandled and undereducated, under which means they've become very humanised, dull to any stimulants, unaware of body language, uh, and everything like that. But we've thrown all sorts of paraphernalia over them, so they started to zone out to everything because nothing had a meaning. And handling and just getting horses to cope with things and stand still and pick up feet sometimes can dull them. Oh, well, picking up feet good because they're following a field. But um, so if you can incorporate l- like education in your handling, so the horse is constantly thinking, searching, not just standing still and putting up with things, you're going to have a horse that's so much uh, faster at being able to accept being guided under saddle and stuff like that because. Even the handling process required it to follow a field, to think, to search, to make decisions, not just stand there while we go backwards and forwards and just completely, you know, get them so used to everything that they just go, oh, I don't even have to do anything or search or whatever. I'm just going to stand still. And then education starts to be almost like handling on them. So they don't actually, they get dulled to pressure that you want to get them to respond to.
0: Okay, and just answer your question, Sharon, as well with the videos to look for. Just put in saddle or girth or saddle blanket in that search bar. So it kind of works best with um, one or two words because it will only pick up the videos that contain all of the words that you put in that search bar. So if you just limit it to, um, to those words, you'll, you'll see a ton of videos and especially when Mark was talking about that belly rope and how he actually does that. That's quite clearly shown on, a, on a, few, a few series of videos there for you. And if anyone's interested in fencing at Mark's Clinics, we'd love you to come along. Pretty much all clinics you can fence it at. And it's just a case of turning up. You don't need to book. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. That was a huge amount of information that you were able to spill out there in an incredible amount of time. So we'll leave it there for now and we will talk to you again soon. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the 7-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a Question.